food's always been my comfort and I've always said that food has helped me when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I'm nervous, when I'm excited and it's been for every emotion so I think when it's every emotion it's so hard to get rid of that because yes we need food to eat, we need food to eat and you, you're so right about you know drugs, you can come off that we don't need drugs to live but we do need food and I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done around this to understand actually that obesity isn't actually necessarily it's not people being lazy we're not sitting down eating cakes all day you know you know that we're not doing that it's our mindset and our mindset is physically shown you know I realise now that I was ill mentally ill but it was showing physically in my body if that makes sense Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sinner Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. I've got a great guest for you this week, an absolute gem of a guest. What I've actually done this week is I've divided this week's episode into two because we've had a long chat and it's a different weight loss story. This is a weight loss story all around the gastric bypass procedure. And I think it's really important that this is covered. I know that this may not be the solution that you're looking towards to lose weight, but if you're someone that maybe has considered this, the reason I think it's really important is that you look to research somebody, a surgeon that's going to help you with this process and procedure. And I think that Ankarid, today's guest, really brings it alive actually what it's like to go through this through this particular journey and also the actual conversation around why it wasn't helpful to follow weight loss plans such as Simming World, Weight Watchers and all those other plans and why she chose to take the route of going down the gastric bypass. Now it's been a great success for Anne Harriet and she's changed her dress size from a size 26 to 28 to a UK size 6 to 8. I mean that that is such a fantastic a fantastic achievement and she knew that she'd got an issue with food right from her teens and it took her well into her 30s to be able to even consider this as an option through the NHS and then she actually paid for this procedure privately. It's quite an interesting episode I feel because it's not something that we often cover but it's still really really important for those people that are looking to go down this process and follow this procedure and Anne Harrod is a great you know she's a great mental health ambassador so we talk a lot around the mindset in terms of weight loss and and not necessarily just weight loss in terms of what it takes to be able to look at a plate of food and, and choose a portion or to choose the ingredients that are going to serve you well, that are going to serve your body and nourish your body. So this is part one of Ankarid's weight loss journey and there'll be a part two to follow. And if you do follow Ankarid on Instagram, you may well know that she's recently had skin removal surgery so I'm also going to touch on that later down the line with a a follow-up episode and within this within this episode we do mention Ankarid's 
Instagram handle. So I'm just going to give it you now because I think she's changed it. So it's Ang Harrods spelled A-N-G-H-A-R-A-D-S underscore next underscore chapter. So is introducing Ang Harrod to part one of her slimming story. Enjoy. Weight loss can be difficult for many people for many different reasons. And at what point in your life did you feel that you needed to take some action rather than just continue to allow weight to increase? So I work for myself and I've got a few clients that have had sleeves, gastric sleeves, and obviously I've heard about that before and the bands and things like that. And after sort of looking into it um, for quite a while, I realised that actually the bypass was probably the best option for me because there's less likelihood of any acid reflux. I was already having acid reflux quite badly, actually, Claire, where I was kind of waking up in the night choking on my acid. It was that bad. So I didn't really realise that, you know, the sleep could impact that massively and it actually could make more of a problem. So once I spoke to my surgeon about it, Dr. Shaw Summers at Streamline, had to plug him in, just, it just confirmed to me that actually the, the bypass, which is kind of the gold standard, would work well for me. And also as well, yes, it does have a malabsorption um, to it. And that's why it's bypassed. So you've got your, I'll explain about the stomach. So you've got like an egg-sized stomach with a bypass. And with the sleeve, it's more of a long kind of banana shape. I think right, you've seen yeah. that on pictures and they cut away 80% of your stomach. So with the bypass, you've actually probably got a bit more width of the stomach. So you probably can eat more than the sleeve. But what I loved about it was that I could make sure that I'm eating enough nutrients and having a, a decent portion of food. But then my body would naturally not absorb all of it I mean that's like a no-brainer right so I was like oh I'm in for this so obviously with any kind of bariatric surgery you need to make sure that you are taking your vitamins and minerals and supplements so yes I do do that as a regular thing every single day and I think with the bypass and the mini gastric bypass it's very 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 important to do that um just because you're not going to absorb all those essential minerals because your body's trying to not um, absorb the fats, the carbohydrates and stuff. But obviously, it's still not going to absorb all the other the vitamins. So that's kind of how that works. I kind of I suppose, really, how long did it take me to get to the stage? Well, I think I've, I've wanted to have a bypass probably since I was probably about 30, if I'm honest, and I'm nearly 40. I've been to the GP about it. I actually did get referred onto the NHS scheme when I was 35 and went through step tier three, it's called, but never went any further because I'd lost 10% of my weight. And unfortunately for me, I didn't have any comorbidities. So I didn't have diabetes and I didn't have high blood pressure and things like that. So although it was affecting my mental health massively, I was getting tired, aches and pains. Um, you know, all the other things that goes along with being extremely overweight, I was not clinically in need, if that makes sense, of funding. Um, That was a massive, massive, massive kick in the teeth for me. And quite honestly, I then gained another three stone from just feeling hopeless. 
yeah. absolutely hopeless. Yeah. Um, and then it was really a case of, I was fortunate, I was saving money anyway to go and have this operation done. It was definitely in my remit of having it done sort of last year, this year. Um, and then I was fortunate that I was left some money by my granddad and it just gave me the opportunity to sort of get it done within a few weeks type of thing um and it was like the most oh I, I can't explain to you just the, the relief the feeling that I can finally now get my weight in control because I was so ready to do it so ready to do it I was so focused I knew that I'd have to change my life I knew that it would be serious I knew it was like an, an operation that you know it's not a quick fix as well do you know what I mean we'll, we'll, I, I want I want to talk about that in a bit but I felt like it was my time and it just it just fell into place beautifully so yeah that that was that was that but if someone had given if I'd got it for free yes I would have had it done years ago definitely yeah, yeah. and I think it's important just to touch on where you talk about you wanted to change your life you wanted to take that action you was ready you was ready you was ready and I know that a lot of listeners will be listening thinking well if she was ready why could she not connect to a, a weight loss plan or a fitness plan that may have helped that that weight reduction and I just wanted to talk about the mindset piece around yeah. how it feels for somebody when feel out of control with food with the meal with the fact that for example if you're on cocaine and you, and you detox there would be no cocaine in sight but it can just be difficult being around food and sticking to it yeah. can be quite difficult can't it so we just want to talk a Massively. little bit about that and how it felt for you the old mm. for the bypass and and your relationship around food so that's a really, really good, valid question because so many people I know have this mindset and they have this underlying thought and I've come across it myself from friends, from colleagues and things like that, that actually, you know, if I was so desperate to lose weight, why has it not worked before? Why did I need to have this major surgery? Because it works for thousands of people. You know, I know lots of people on Instagram that have done incredibly well on Slimming World, for example, and you know, I have myself felt like a failure because actually I've tried every single one of these diets. But the reality of it was, was that I would say that I had an eating disorder, actually. And I would say that I suffered for years with disordered eating, emotional eating, stroke binge eating. I think really looking back now and doing a lot of work within myself, I've realised that this has actually been ongoing since probably a teenager. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me, there was no other option for me. I, I you know, I've done the, the, you know, liquid diets and the cabbage diets and the, you know, all the different plans. I've done it all and I've, I've lost weight. I've lost a couple of stone, you know, but reality is, is that, it didn't physically stop me from eating. There wasn't that kind of monetary investment value either that I've spent, you know, over £10,000 on this. Wow. There wasn't almost, I, I wasn't in the right mindset either. And I hadn't worked out in my head 
the emotional issues that I've got around food. And you're so right about food because it is an addiction, all of this, drugs, alcohol, shopping, whatever. And food's always been my comfort. And I've always said that food has helped me when I'm sad, when I'm happy, when I'm nervous, when I'm excited. And it's been for every emotion. So I think when it's every emotion, it's so hard to get rid of that because yes we need food to eat we need food to eat and you, you you're so right about you know drugs you can come off that because we don't need drugs to live but we do need food and I think I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done around this to understand actually that obesity isn't actually necessarily it's not people being lazy we're not sitting down eating cakes all day no. you know you know that we're not doing that it's our mindset and our mindset is physically shown you know I realized now that I was ill mentally ill but it was showing physically in my body if that makes sense does that make sense to you yeah I can really relate to that and I think when I first started the podcast or had the idea back in 2018 I can remember thinking to myself do a podcast Claire the whole world's gonna know (laughs) you're looking to to lose weight this is going to be the, like that click factor going to fall into place and there have been times since then I'm, I'm producing the podcast and starting that in 2019 where I've had great momentum I've, I've followed it through but the underlying current to that is I know I have an issue with food I'm not going to necessarily put it in a box and say it's this yeah. or it's that but I yeah. know I've got an issue with food and most recently I've had help using hypnotherapy and using a a gastric sleeve within the hypnotherapy process now I also know a lot of people that have have done that and have lost lost a lot of weight with it but the way that it worked for me in my situation is I've not had a binge for over six months so when you talk about binge eating disorder you talk about that I, I totally know exactly what you mean I totally know that and I feel that and as an hypnotherapist yourself, you'll understand that if you're able to absorb that information and, and have the discussion with your subconscious mind, there are mm. there is power within hypnotherapy. And for me, I've not had a binge for six months. I've also not lost massive amounts of weight, but just that that sense of wow, I can go into a kitchen and I don't have to choose three packets of biscuits. But to be fair. To be fair, I probably wouldn't have done that. I probably would have gone out to the shop and eaten them in the car and then never would have been in the house in the first place. If I'm if I'm on yeah. now that you've had this procedure, how does it feel being around food in general? If you'd just like to tell us about the feelings that, that you have within yourself when you know that you can go out for a meal and that you've not got that that real compulsion to to eat. Well, I mean, it's life changing. It's absolutely life-changing. Somebody that's constantly thought about food or always been hungry. I've always, you know, some people say, well, it's head hunger. Like I've always kind of, I've never really felt full, you know. Um, and yeah, if I was going out for a meal, I'd be looking at the menu, seeing what I can have, what starter. And, you know, it's all this big thing. And obviously socialising a lot of the time includes food. And, you know, to, to go out now and know that I will be, satisfied with a 
kind of startup or even like a main, but making sure that I'm having, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, very happy to eat like the protein. So knowing that I'm going to be really satisfied with, you know, a piece of fish or chicken and not then feel like, oh, you know, when you, when I haven't had before this surgery and I was on say a diet, you know, I would be like craving, I'd be looking at everyone's chips or onion rings and yeah. or garlic bread or pasta or whatever, thinking I'm having this measy salad. And the chances are I'd have gone home and I would have had something yeah. because I was never kind of satisfied. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of putting on this kind of show of, yeah, well, I'm having this and I'm eating my diet. And But yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I think the, the way that the process works, you're going to live a reducing diet. And that's kind of almost a detox at the beginning. And I think that I say this for a lot of people, that's one of the hardest part of this journey because you're cutting away. Well, I was just on milk for two weeks, pure milk for two weeks, nothing else. That was, I would say, the most hardest thing I've ever done in my life, harder than the surgery, because that was literally cold turkey. Yeah. You know, can you imagine the headaches, the hunger pains that you're getting? You know, I felt dizzy, I felt sick. Um, and but constantly kept thinking to myself, I've just got to do this. I've just got to do this as an end goal. And I was so, so, so conscious of shrinking down my liver because ultimately if your liver's large and fatty, they can't always operate on you. So I just kept thinking, and especially when you've got money paid already, can you imagine thinking, yeah, it's the first thing I asked when I was woke up, like, have you done it? You know, (laughs) because, you know, you're worried, aren't you? You always think that you're going to be the one with the, the big liver they're like really sorry your liver's massive um so yeah that was probably the hardest part and then obviously after the surgery you do lose complete appetite you don't want to eat anything you can't even really drink anything and then you're kind of on like liquids and purees and it's almost being like a baby yeah yeah that's all soft food and stuff and it's kind of relearning again like textures and tastes and again my tastes have changed slightly. I'm definitely more sensitive to salt. Um, if something's, you know, um, I had I had a packet of French fries the other day, you know, the crisps. I couldn't eat them. They were so salty for me. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely changed a few things within me. But, yeah, the, 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 I'm not saying it's perfect. And that head hunger still has a role to play here. Yeah, yeah. And you still have urges around food. But the, the lightness that I feel, I don't feel that heaviness of that craving, if it makes sense. It's kind of dulled down a lot. Yeah, I hope that answers the question. Absolutely. So, so in terms of the nutrition, when you think of a meal now compared to a meal then, how does yeah. that compare? And is the fact that, you know, you don't like salted things is that because you're eating a different type of meal in terms of like the nutritional balance of the food mm. I think ultimately the main difference is quantities have changed so my portion sizes have massively changed so that's one thing the other thing is, is that I realized and through obviously talking to my dietitian and educating myself and doing lots of research I realized that actually for me I'm not saying for everybody but for me certain carbohydrates weren't doing me any favors 
And so once I realized that the main goal was to really keep my protein very high, sort of 100 grams a day, when you know that you can't eat that much, in your head, you're thinking, right, I've got to eat my fish first before I eat anything else. And it's almost like you get, you do get into that habit of thinking to yourself, oh, I really fancy that, but I, I want that as well, but I know I'm not going to be able to eat all of that. So you kind of almost, when you're having a meal, you're really prioritizing what you know that you need, but also what you fancy, because ultimately you can't eat all of it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I feel that I've gone through stages. That I would always say that I've most of the time in my life I've always cooked from scratch. And I definitely think that the majority of things it's just lack of real knowledge from me of the things that I was eating, of obviously eating the wrong things. And I was obviously having binges on the wrong things. I'll put my hands upon that 100 percent Obviously having, you know, chocolate, you know, snacky foods. But I think that yeah majority of the time now I'm eating really clean and I think I'm eating the best I've ever had in my life actually I've had my bloods done recently and they're all perfect levels in actual fact my GP said that they're all better than they were last last year mm-hmm. which is incredible isn't it mm-hmm. when you think about this so yesterday I had a chicken thigh that I kind of marinate and you know so I make it really, really tasty it makes it for the kids as well I air fry it sometimes um and then I had like a little bit of gravy with it and then just like broccoli and green beans and um a few like literally I don't know half a half a sort of cube of sweet potato just to have so I want to have a balanced diet you know what I mean I'm definitely not against having carbs but I think it's just making sure that I'm having the right type of things um and I honestly was like oh I loved it I was really full and it does make you feel so much better as well. Do you know what I mean? You know, when you yeah. sort of have a nice meal, I just felt great. And then, yeah, and then for like my, 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 I do have dessert, um, but you can't eat sort of immediately after. So perhaps an hour later, I'll have some berries, a bit of cream, which again, in my mindset, cream is bad, cheese is bad. But now I realise that they're not bad. Like nothing's bad. It's all about, making sure that your macros are up the, the right, you know, the right way and you're having the right types of food. So when, you know, people say maybe on a similar world or Weight Watchers, you know, you fill up with your proteins and that, that's because it stays within the gut. It doesn't release it. Where like your rice, yeah. pastas and things like that, they get released um, quicker. So that's why you feel fuller for longer. I'm not a mm. big fan of, of meat, um, probably more the fish. Um, but I totally understand now, understanding the science behind it, why it's not just mm. a thing, you know, there's a, there's a reason why. And that's because it, it takes a lot longer for the acids to, to break that down. And, and listen mm. to you explain how you're now managing a meal and preparing your meal. There's a lot of thought that, and care, I guess, that has gone into that. And how has this affected your self-esteem? It's almost... You know, listening to your story and listening to this this great journey that you've been on, it's almost like you've picked yourself up and you're you've got this great intention to really look after yourself. It's not a case of you know you've had this procedure, um, you, you've lost the weight and now you've got a smaller stomach and now you can eat less. It's a case mm-hmm. of right, okay, I've had this procedure. And I'm going to really, really look after myself. It feels like there's an energy when I talk to you about applying lots of 
love and self-care even in that meal that you know you describe that you put it in the air fryer now, I've got an air fryer and one chicken you know flying an air fryer is not you know I can see that and put the mindset piece but I can also see how that that plate could look and how you describe that and mm. that I guess is is something far removed from how you would have been in the past so what do you feel has changed for you to pick yourself up and really apply that love and self-care? Mm. Well, I think that the truth of the matter is before surgery, I, I've been quite honest about it. I'd go for days without, you know, I would go through periods where I wouldn't wash, really was at the lowest of my lows, wouldn't brush my teeth unless I had to see somebody, would cancel work, really, really, really struggled. And it was with my with myself. Other people didn't not it wasn't that other people didn't like me it was me that didn't like me I was ashamed I shouldn't have been ashamed and looking back on myself now I am sad that I felt that way about myself because I'm still who I am now yeah. do you know what I mean I needed to be nurtured more than I've ever needed to be nurtured in my life I needed to be looked after more than I've ever needed to be looked after but I I suppose I felt that that I wasn't right for society that you know men wouldn't find me attractive that people would look at me and think basically negative connotations and I really let that absorb into me which you know I am sad about now do you know what I mean but I've moved past that and yeah. you know by regaining my Instagram account is actually one of the most influential things that I've done it's yeah. really helped to build me up I've been committed I've been consistent. I have been honest. I have used that to be open and say, look, this is me. It's completely public, my Instagram account. Anyone can follow me. I've not hidden it from anybody. So-and-so in the shop might see me and say, oh, I'm following you on Instagram. I'm like, are you? Like, I don't really know them, but they're following me. And they're like, wow. And, you know, that, and to hear people say, wow, you've really inspired me and stuff because I've done my videos on there right from day one and you can see that I'm very low I'm depressed I've got no self-confidence and I started stripping away and working out what was making me feel so low and I think it's working on that realizing that I am enough that I do have a space in this world for me yeah I've got I never dreamt that I'd have over 5,000 people wanting to follow me message me chat with me say wow you know I, I was having a really bad day and I've seen you walking in the rain and you know I've been from day one committed I've got out of there every single day walked for, you know walking has been my savior I've walked up to recently over five miles a day regardless of the weather I, I made that admission and you know people were sort of in bed saying you know gosh you know you just really made me think I need to get myself dressed and sometimes you just need to see other people and think you know they're not perfect you know I'm a single mum I have you know got you know children with with additional needs I've been very honest about my mental health journey I am not living a lifestyle I'm not a perfect you know person I don't design a handbags I'm real but it's made me appreciate and value that I do deserve this that I can have a nice shower, some nice shower gel and put my makeup on and do my hair because it makes me feel good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I love, I love it. I love it. And so you should, I mean, look, looking at you and, and hearing you talk about 
days that you couldn't brush your teeth and, and you're in bed and and having those times and then having the bravery because it is a brave move to to be really open on on social media I mean that that is yeah. a credit to you and you will not be able to put a price on the value of that to that one person that you know the five or the five people that was looking at that you know even this one person was looking at that and that needed to see that because when people are in that moment and they switch on the TV and look at the bright lights and everywhere that looks all all sparkly in that in that moment people really need to be able to make that connection to to make them realize that your journey can be their journey too and that they can they can get out and go for that walk whether it be a mile or two miles whatever that is and, and you know the commitment of going out in the rain and I'm a strong believer of of walking I really am but no it's a big credit to you that you've been able to to show up in a really honest congruent way and that's going to really help help people because what that does is it gives people hope it gives them hope that you know they're not on their own they don't have to feel this way but maybe they'll have days where they are feeling like that and that's okay too and I think Mm -hmm. just like with the podcast it's not a case of right okay someone is overweight and then they lose weight and then everything is rosy you know it's it's life isn't it we're going to ride that wave it's going to be the the peaks and the troughs but no that's definitely inspiration I'm so pleased to hear that you're getting the yeah you're just getting that platform to to nurture yourself in in a public in a public way and yeah I also feel that on Instagram there's so many so many encouraging words, so many encouraging posts. And when somebody does show up in a, in a real way, it just feels a true blessing. Oh, thank you so much. Such an amazing, amazing story. And, and learning about this gastric bypass is something that I think it's, it's important to learn about. And I think for some people that feel that this is the option, then it's important that, that we cover it. You know, it's slimming stories and and this is definitely a slimming story that is different and really inspiring, truly inspiring. She's a great, you know, she's a great mental health ambassador too. And I love the fact that she's now at peace with the body that she has. Her mental health has improved massively. It really, really has. Now, when we recorded this episode, I believe that she may have changed her Instagram handle. So I'm just going to give you that again. So it's Ang Harris spelled A-N-G-H-A-R-A-D-S underscore next underscore chapter. And I'll also put a link in the show notes to her Instagram account. And if you'd like to go and follow her, give us some support. And maybe you listen to this episode considering this as an option. And if so, I'm sure that she'd be happy to to help you. And she did give the details of her surgeon, which is Dr. Shaw Summers of Streamline Surgical. And I think it's good that if you are looking at going through some sort of process or procedure like this, that you you look and research for surgeons that have done this procedure successfully before, because you want to know that you're going to be in safe hands. And I know that some people can have this procedure within 
the NHS. But for those of you that can't, that's just a heads up. If, if, you, if you're looking to find somebody that you feel that you can trust and somebody that's had a good experience with another client. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Simming Stories. Can you believe we're nearly two years of podcasting? Sounds absolute crazy to me to think that I've been doing this for two years, but we're nearly there. And if you've not yet hit subscribe, please do so. And part two of Hank Harrod's Slimming Story will be following very, very soon. If you have a guest in mind that you think would be really inspirational for the podcast, please drop me a DM over on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. So have a great week. And until next time, take care.